tuning in to KPIS. We're live here in Punk Alley. Kapow! Boom. We are joined today by some special guests. We got uh, Andrew Taven, who is a New York comic, but he lives in Chicago. How's that for a twist in your swirl? Andrew, Andrew tell them a bit about yourself. Uh, so I have been, I up until recently was mainly uh, living in New York, performing in New York, and, uh, you know, elsewhere. And then uh, that's incredible stuff. All right, and then we have <laughs> we have another guest here, uh, uh, another friend dropping in. Uh, what was your cool. name again? Comedian Unit Thirty Two Ceramics. <laughs> Unit Thirty Two Ceramics. Yeah. Wow, that's how did you get a uh, an, a shipping container right across from Capis in Punk Alley? <laughs> That's amazing that he definitely did not read that off no. of um, for those uh, we I don't know if we've ever really explained where this is recorded, but this is a series of shipping containers um, near Broadway Myrtle in Bushwick. And I listened to an episode before coming on and I thought that was a bit right. It's that not w- a bit. <laughs> it's folks. not a bit. It's real. There is there is not a hot tub, though. We joked about that yeah. once. That one we embellish a little bit here and there. As comedians, it's our job to make Red the truth. funny. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what? I mean, that's what we're here to talk about today. This is a very special comedy episode it of is. Uh, Left Jest. Um, so we had our guests uh, go through some, some torture. Um, we had... we. This is not an ex- episode about waterboarding, but we had them, like... You know, Coming experience up. an excruciating uh, thing that was. Um, it's not so black and white. The 1990 Dennis Miller special. Dennis Miller, who I'm sure would object to your description of waterboarding as torture. Right, <laughs> Anders. I think you mean enhanced uh, comedy special that we watched. <laughs> and it was enhanced. It was enhanced because. The thing was filmed in black and white, or it was uh, broadcast in black and white. Dennis Miller is the hands-in-your-pocket style comedian, and waterboarding is the hands-in-your-pocket style <laughs> interrogation technique. Right. This guy, he does not move. Um, he doesn't pick up the mic out of the mic stand, which is an interesting... What do you think of that, Unit 32, as a performer? <laughs> are you a, a mic stand guy, or are you like are you like a little bit of both? I do a one-man show style every time. I just let my kind of voice project a lot of hands, you know? A lot of hands. I think my hands free, you know. Hands are good. Yeah. I uh I take the mic stand a uh, mic out with the mic. I just I take the mic out, put it down, <laughs> use the mic stand. <laughs> uh no, I, I take the mic out. I used to leave the mic in like my uh first uh comedy. The one guy who I was like I saw him. I was like that's who I want to be. Was I saw Eugene Merman. He leaves it in. Uh, I but, hugged uh, him when I was seventeen. Go ahead. You did what? I hugged him. Oh, I hugged. I got to hire him, shook his hand. Yeah, I thought you. I thought you said you hooked him, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was seventeen. Yeah, little known fact about Eugene Merman. <laughs> he likes pube hair, pube bearded uh, teenagers, <laughs> teenage boys. Oh, jeez, that's uh. No, he he was at the RNC in two thousand eight in St. my hometown of St. Paul, Minnesota, and uh, I just this is when he was like a YouTube star. Yeah. And yeah, all my my buddies, we would watch his YouTube videos, and I just I was like Eugene Merman, and he's like, how do you know who I am? Because <laughs> he was doing some like web, uh, some like content for. I'm some... just a young Republican here <laughs> at the event. The odds I run into my hero. Uh, yeah, so used to leave it in, been taking it out for years now, and you know what? Feels mm. good to take it out. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I like to leave it in every now and again. You know, if you've it, that takes. Do you think it takes more or less confidence to leave it in? 
I think it's just a stylistic choice because I don't want to compliment the leaving in at all after watching so much Dennis Miller this <laughs> right. week. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah. He was, and well, before that, we watched um, Bill Hicks. Right. And they're kind of alpha and omega almost. It's almost like they are a comedy dialectic. Whoa. In opposite contained in each other. Uh, but also, Bill Hicks, also not easy to watch. <laughs> I'm very, just very old by this point. I think it's it's interesting because you mentioned they're so different. And they are in a lot of ways. Now, one of them is, you know, very leaning back and just talking into the mic. And the other one is like the, oh, man, this <laughs> almost like uh, Chris Farley, who you wouldn't want to talk to at a party. Uh-huh. But... Uh, which I do. I'm sorry, but he was really important, and like no one was doing this, and then right. other people did it better. Um, but <laughs> he's he, listening. Right oh now, God, so you have to be polite. <laughs> but uh, but it's weird that you say how different they are, and yet they had like a couple jokes that were pretty similar. Like I don't know right. if it's that HW signed a law that like all comedians have to talk about that uh joke where the egg is your that commercial where the egg is your brain on drugs oh yeah because and white people black people dance different yeah. well everybody had the white people because everyone was out there in the streets every day opening their eyes carry your lunch pile to work and then just seeing these black people and white people dancing differently <laughs> every day that's, that's what people were talking about at the time that's the watts riots arguably was a dance yeah. sort of showdown um it was like a you know continuation of west side story the riot is the dance of the unheard right dennis miller well something that uh what sorry that was steve miller band (laughs) (laughs) oh wait wait so we didn't we didn't get all the way around i i like to switch off between uh wacky act outs and a uh cool collected leave it in the stand mentality you know based on reading the room but unit 32 we know you like to take it big yeah, I use the mics like a sword when I'm just slicing through truths and jokes, <laughs> kind of like swinging around. Yeah, you really challenge power when you're out there. I challenge the everything. That's kind of my, you know, my mission statement. You know, when you I, say Unit Thirty Two, you're gonna learn some things. You're gonna laugh a little bit too, but you're mostly gonna learn some stuff about yourself, life, mm. dancing styles of different races, mm. white people, black people. How it's different. We dance differently. Now, I'm. We do dance very differently. And uh, Thirty Two. I've been wondering this because um, so. We're all New York comedians, including Andrew, who is a Chicago comedian, and uh, we see you out at Mike's. Yep, it's a very complicated identity. But um, I'm calling myself a comedian, though. It's more more of a more of a prophet. Right, (laughs) right, and that's what I wanted to ask you: is unit ceramics, unit thirty-two ceramics? I'm so sorry. Is that your birth name? Swahili, yeah. (laughs) It's Swahili. Uh That doesn't sound like any Swahili name I've ever heard in my life. That's because you're a racist. You gotta oh, more. yeah. Well, I'm admittedly very ignorant. I only know <laughs> certain dances that I was taught in the suburbs of Boston, which yeah. is a very, you know, specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you can you do the Dropkick Murphy? That dance? The... Yeah, I often have bruised elbows from Dropkick Murphying my way on the train every day. Can you show it to us real quick here in the KFIS studio? I sure. I don't see why not. Holy shit. Wow. Ow! <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Holy Anytime Dennis I Miller. Is- I was, see, I was practicing another uh, thing that people can't see who are listening in, but the Bill Hicks, the, um, well, you, part of it is audible, the, the OKK. You're wrong. K? K. Where he's like, okay, K. <laughs> but he always does a wrist. He's like, okay, okay. K. 
you know the uh, the flingy wrist goes along. Well, how do we break this down? Because so much happened in the two hours of stand-up comedy from 1990 we watched. Right. Uh, we need some uh, order to the chaos here. Should, should we talk about the Bill Hicks one first? Uh, yeah, uh, well, which one came first? I think, I think black and white, not so black and white was first. It was nine. That one, the one we watched was they 91. He died in 94. Bush presidency videos. Right. But, it, well, the, which is interesting because I was watching um, interview with Bill Hicks, right? Mm -hmm. And he's talking, and they're like, why do people, like, because back then, you know, you're a road Com and he was talking about how good the money is, which I don't dog. hear from anybody yeah. nowadays. Well, I mean, some more than others. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like uh, he he goes. I mean, he uh, he was talking about like, why do people come to see comedy? Why do they? And he, his um, thought on it was like they want a different perspective. They want a point of view that they don't hear every day. And when before the Internet, like in the you know Reagan era, I mean, I think of like Crossfire. Remember that, which was the board game. Because <laughs> that's that would also be a, a good, 90s board game. Is that a board game? Is it based serious? on the CNN Crossfire. show? You don't get one. caught up in the crossfire. Is it based on the CNN show? Yeah, you have to shoot <laughs> you... Tucker Carlson with, uh, <laughs> with like... the old metal balls. A lot of marbles, and then Tucker Carlson tries to flap them away with his ping pong things. The marbles are like sound bites. Represent. You really never saw Crossfire? I know. I didn't have cable as it's... a kid. I mean, it's a board, but it's like a thrill. I was more of a shoots and ladders. Uh, kind of guy it's not as good Uno. as as you want it to be because you <laughs> it's no shoots and ladders yeah because the commercial makes it look like you're firing these male balls at each other but yeah. really there's just like two plastic pucks and you're trying to use the balls to hit the puck into the other person's goal and it's it's not that fun that's a lot like a, a cable debate i would say <laughs> but in the 80s when crossfire first started on cnn it was like from the right i'm robert novak in the center i'm uh shit dick face and then uh the, the names guy back then were nuts right ceramics is his my proper bubble surname. is showing today but the but the left the guy from yeah, the left was some guy who used to work for the cia and was like some like democratic party apparatchik but so there's no real voice <laughs> yeah. of dissent in the public but there's no internet and this so when you go to a stand-up comedy show yeah you're gonna hear vulgar lewd stuff but you're also gonna hear Stuff that today sounds really, you know, base and kind of like off, like silly. The Bill um, Hicks special seemed like I was watching a live Facebook post. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This was fa yeah. There was no Facebook back then, yeah, so you. Oakley's. Oakley's. <laughs> Marion Barry. That was actually Steve. Uh, I mean Dennis Miller. I keep calling him Steve right. Miller. Who the, he loves name. to talk. I'm sure he loved to talk about. Marion Barry, because that's the like the go-to conservative. Like, look what happens when the yeah. Democrats, when liberals get control of a a city. They're all on crack and <laughs> fucking hookers. So we've decided Dennis Miller first. Then I thought we were well, we were starting. Well, we were starting with Bill Hicks. I mean, we can they can bleed in and out of it. It's, mean, time is nonlinear. I mean, trust a liberal to bleed. <laughs> uh, sorry, your heart's showing. The, I feel like the. Weird thing that hearing that, and I could see how someone seeing like uh, Bill Hicks would, you know, maybe be getting a different opinion there on some of the issues. But some of the parts of the stand-up felt very confirming of what at least half the audience would have already thought. He's got like a right. whole bit where he's like, 
uh, you know, people are like, why, why do men have sexual thoughts? Because we got dicks. <laughs> Dudes have dicks. You think about sex. You have a dick. You think about sex, which is like, not, I mean, it's, it's whatever, but it's certainly not untrue. A, it's not necessarily untrue, but it also feels like, you know, I don't know, a more interesting take on that feels like it would be like, sometimes dudes don't. And that's like, oh, if you had a funny, because this isn't funny, this is just me being whatever. If you uh-huh. were like, oh, what about like, uh, if someone did a bit about like. Celibacy? I'm working sure, on that. Sure, celibacy, I- celibacy bit. No, I don't know. It's weird because it's like some of this, like the drug stuff was probably more. Because I imagine drug use was less mainstream in the late Well, 80s. that was a big issue of contention uh, because, like... It's peak war on drugs hours. Exactly, yeah, out. yeah. And they would have... So I guess that was, like, kind of edgy. But most of the special is like, it's cool to smoke weed. Sorry! Right, but that's still, and for that time, that's a pretty um, provocative thing to say it is you it's know, just you... it's been a long time where we've had almost nothing but i love to smoke weed yeah. comedians yeah yeah <laughs> that still pretend like they're pointing a gun at george bush <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like no you just sleep a lot now i mean no one cares anymore even though i guess the laws are still bad but i mean fuck man Right. Uh, the Bill the Billix uh, phenomenon I was noticing is he would have great setups where he set up this great like contrast and views where it's like you're drinking your drugs out of a bottle, but not smoking them out of a out of a cigar or whatever, and it'd be like oh this is a good setup, and then that would be it, and then he'd just be like and you're dumb as shit, <laughs> okay? Okay, okay. He did. Uh, punchline in that special? Ah, cancer. It hurts. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, he, di- well, yeah, he, that was, is not, kinda... he was a truth teller. And right. that's why, yeah. so, uh, you, 32, this is why I thought you would probably gravitate towards. I like Bill Sly. It was a great special. Yeah? Yeah. Um, what what, what, what part? <laughs> no, I mean, I also, I'm on your side. He's, I feel like we've divided I, yeah, the we room. Yeah, we should up. also clarify. I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody else here. Bill Hicks, uh, ten times the performer I am. Um, you know, I don't particularly like. I I feel, and I feel like this goes back to a difference between now and then. Is like he comes from a very, and both of them, Dennis Miller and Hicks, come from a very smug place where they yeah. they have all the answers. And I don't know that that would be as acceptable today. I do have to agree. I think uh, Bill Hicks is 10 times the performer. No, no, uh, yeah. Hey, gotcha. Boom. No, not really. You're, you're both great. You should, uh, you should go on tour together. <laughs> Weekend of Bernie's. Me and Bernie's. Hicks' ghost. Yeah. Uh, I'm Lee just Hicks. like channeling him. Like, guys, don't get him mad at me. I'm yeah, just no, like, but, I'm and, invoked by the spirit I'm of Hicks. the ghost of Bill Hicks. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, uh, okay. No, but I guess what I'd say is like, that yeah, so I won't harp on that anymore about. But it did like surprise me of like some of the stuff again is like very revolutionary. But like the eh, dudes are horny, girls you don't get right. it. We're horny. It's like yeah. girls be shopping and dudes be dying of cancer. <laughs> um, but but it's but I do think now people aren't as likely to watch comedians they disagree with. Right. I mean, I guess if you go to the comedy club. But that, but but I mean, but even then, again, like, there's only so many views that would have been allowed on stage. And Bill Hicks might have been stretching the limits of what would have been allowed on stage. But I have to imagine. I mean, he says that, oh, I did these shows in certain places and people didn't like me. So, I mean, that's a fair point, I guess, that 
and yeah. And the other thing too is comedy breeds jokes and content that doesn't offend anybody on purpose, so that you can just right. throw it at people. Yeah. Um, the one thing Anders and I noticed when we were watching this is uh, compare and contrast. There's a lot of different joke styles, but the one thing that really sticks out, Bill Hicks. Uses the space. Yeah. He does. He's moseying back and forth. He's making tonguey faces. He's flipping his hair back. In that sense, he is the anti-Miller. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's Miller Lite. <laughs> oh! Wow. Or Miller, yeah. To Mil think with... Uh, <laughs> Miller act out. Yeah. <laughs> three, two, three, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Miller dying of cancer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I don't even remember this cancer joke. Well, no, he, 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 he famously died of cancer. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He got cancer out of nowhere. These are very similar jokes to what my roommate was making while we were... <laughs> 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 but, like, after every punchline, Andy would be like, you know he uh, is more like Mr. Pancreas. And would be like, Andy, what are you doing? <laughs> 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 I'm making tofu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners uh, remember him from the HBO episode. Should we start talking about... Do we have anything... Should we talk about Dennis Miller more? Or do we want to talk about? Does anybody well, I was have any big up... Bill Hicks? I was wondering, uh, you know, as a fellow truth teller, thirty-two, what was the what was the uh, chunk that really struck you as an inspiration as from a? Uh, yeah, no, from um, uh, Hicks. He had this bit about uh, uh, airplanes, uh, about like you know, oh, yeah. uh, you're on an airplane and it takes forever to get to your destination. He would like to hijack the plane, but instead of like money, like hey, take me. Scheduled flight. Let's get there on time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to go, Cuba? No, I want to go where this plane was supposed to be five hours ago. That's right. I'm hijacking this plane to its scheduled destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these planes, they don't. They're never, they're never good. The food's weird. Yeah. It's nothing about... The peanut bag is so hard to open. I think they like. You would think that they introduced air travel in the 80s, given the number of people that were just like. Wow, have you guys seen... Yeah. Dating on airplanes is weird. It's hard. <laughs> uh, you ever notice how uh, white people sit in airplanes like this? And, uh... Not enough dancing on airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a... This is um, th an essay that the Hicks family released uh, that he wrote like a week before he died, in which at the beginning he says... I, I hope was, there are as many punchlines in this essay as in not that many. No, it's it's he okay, he says good. I was always quote unquote awake. I guess you'd say, um, but he does <laughs> say at the end uh, one of the weird one of life's weirdest jokes and worst jokes imaginable. I've been making such progress recently in my attitude, my career, in realizing my dreams that it just stood me on my head for a while. Why me? I would cry out, and why now? Well, I know there are maybe never. May, may, may never be any answers to those particular questions, but maybe in telling a little bit about myself, we can find some other answers to other questions. That might help our way down our particular paths towards realizing my dream of new hope and new happiness. Amen. I left in love and laughter and in truth, and wherever truth, love, and laughter abide, I am there in spirit. Huh. His mom? His oh, mom? Yeah. Well, that's... He, they might have. They might have doctored it. I wouldn't be surprised they because they the okay because <laughs> he came from like kind of a conservative uh, family in suburban Houston um, and I think it was Houston but he uh, what's he there was a thing where he was going to be on Letterman I think this is in like the early 90s Letterman, but they, 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 uh, Letterman decided to cut the footage like right. he didn't air it 
until like years after he died, they played it, and uh, you know, it was a good set actually. It was, it was too was. offensive to Sprite, the main sponsor of the show, um, with a big chunk lemon. on what is a lemon, what is a lime, <laughs> if you think about it. Well, if if you trade in lemon lime for fetus and baby, then uh, yeah. that's I think why they. Hey, my lime, my choice. That's the big punch. Right, my lime, my choice. Speaking of which, uh, <laughs> but they well, his mom came came on yeah. like a couple years ago and and they played it uh, for Letterman with Bill Hicks's mom there, and Letterman was like, I don't know what I was thinking. This is what's fun. it like to be on TV so long? Dead people's moms come back <laughs> from sets from fifteen years before, <laughs> and you're sense. just like, I was dumb back then. <laughs> I am a famous mummy. <laughs> Well, speaking of uh, abortion, um, that is one issue. You're going to talk about Dennis Miller's Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. In Not So Black and White, this is one of the nuances in his worldview. He is pro-choice, but he is pro-choice across the board, not only with what uh, women can do with their pregnancies, but with, I guess, uh, real estate tax. And well, uh, He thinks the fetuses should be given a weapon and they fight and whoever. <laughs> no. Uh, well, that's what... You kind of, I mean, that's sort of the interesting thing about like libertarian viewpoints in general is that most of them, widely speaking, but it feels like a lot of like the libertarian view is like, look, everyone should be able to do whatever they want, uh, but I'm going to vote in a way that suggests I care more about lowering my taxes than you being allowed to get that abortion. Like, that kind of feels like what ends up happening a lot of the time. Let's take it back and describe the set. Like it's a fine painting. Uh, the, whereas the Bill Hicks uh, special was a lot of uh, you know telling it like it is and taking power and just ripping it down. You know, ripping it off the the halls. Sorry. Um, uh, Dennis Miller plays it real safe with real setup punch for for this guy. And I was watching one of these and the other. And we we chose Dennis Miller's special because right now he's like a famous conservative kind of like smug lord. Uh, That's the term. He was just a somewhat conservative smug lord. Yeah, he was a somewhat conservative smug lord. But all of his jokes are just like... Uh, I'm sick of I'm sick of that Kleenex ad. Has anybody seen this Kleenex ad? And I actually ended up enjoying most of his set more than the Bill Hicks set. Mm. It the structure was way like more solid, and he had more jokes, for lack of a right. better word. If you don't mind me asking, where was the? Because I watched like the first half of Black and White. Was the uh-huh. what was the abortion? But was that later in? Um, I think it was towards the middle. Like, yeah, he definitely like buttered people up and then got political. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about Andrew Dice Clay mm-hmm. about how that's, um was public enemy number one to a lot of people in that day and age, oh, um, yeah. which is an well, interesting thing. Early Dane Cook. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> if Dane Cook was all about, like, rhymes. rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, er- I mean, people say, like, oh, he got more conservative in the, the second Bush th- towards those eras, and I guess during Clinton a bit. Uh, but I think that was all kind of present there at least in the one we watched right you know he's yeah i mean it's interesting i guess so we watched a clip before coming here alex and i met we watched some of a clip from 2003 mm-hmm. and it's interesting well one thing i know is that so he has a whole 
bit about like how bitter airline stewardesses are right in, oh, the, yeah. in 1990 but then 2003 he has this bit where an air, he asks an airline stewardess to like kick a muslim guy off a plane <laughs> and it's like oh so now they're your friend all right dennis at least your views on airline stewardess have evolved enough you have to understand he's been on planes for an additional 12 years by this point right. he's had a lot more experiences they've improved the peanut bag there's more dancing on the luxury planes you can afford when you're in movies. Mm-hmm. Close from this later, but the two thousand the two thousand three one, he does the same thing where he butters up the audience with some just like ah skiing's nuts type material, and right. the middle is just like, have you ever noticed brown skinned people are full of sin? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, the first like the opening he does is this weird like bit that I mean, more people laugh at it, but it's on the 2003 one that is the sort of thing i feel like you'd like try out like a mic or something and then you'd be like yeah that was that was a weird tangent no one was gonna follow that because <laughs> he's just like yeah in las vegas uh said something about like my family's from there grandfather worked in the sequin mines which is kind of funny and then <laughs> he's like yeah you know the people who do the sequins are just like the whatever tribe or whatever where they leave one imperfection because the god something says that it's like that just seems like a, a fun fact that you... Well, you're cut, tying in to the most prominent Dennis Miller feature that he hammers in in black and white, which is, he's the king of sub-references. <laughs> so you can only ride along if you're willing to hear about uh, The Incredible Hulk Volume 2 at right. the end of every punchline. And, and there's one point even in the special where he goes... So, do you guys want more sub references? And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we want to act like we know what you're Not talking about. Sub references, <laughs> like it's a word people use. <laughs> I can't even use a vending machine anymore. Anybody remember when all this took place behind the scenes? You put your money and you pull the lever, you pick up the candy bar. Now they have these clear front plexiglass machines with the little spirals, and the Fritos always live up on the penthouse floor of the little simulated apartment building. You press the button, literally push them over the ledge to their death they plummet right in front of you like jimmy stewart and vertigo splat they're laying in that bin with all that chip gut laying around them or else the clark bar comes straight down and severs its spinal column and has to lead the rest of its life in some bizarre other side of the mountain confectionery existence where it still participates in the candy ski tournaments but has to be led through the slalom course by a volunteer necco wafer package from the local VA hospital that cares like Linda Kelsey on the old Lou Grant show. Stop me before I sub-reference again. Was Dennis Miller the original family guy? Oh. Yeah, without the, you know, funny... I mean, without the actual... There's no point where uh, Dennis Miller's like, wow, you shocked me, but I laughed. Right. (laughs) It's just like, oh, you mentioned... uh, hard steel pans randomly that's nuts right <laughs> i actually think well it's funny you mentioned like i don't know this, this is a controversial opinion among some people some people i think think family guy was never good i think it used to be maybe it's just because i was younger but i think the the jokes of it used to be like oh peter is a racist or peter's anti-semitic mm-hmm. or peter is and they would definitely look like if you watch like, the one where they go to like asia town there's jokes that it's are called just, Asia Town. It's called Asia Town <laughs> instead of like Chinatown or whatever. There are jokes that are clearly just well, this is just a racist joke against Asian people. But like you look at the jokes like 
when, for example, the first ep- the Jewish episode, when he first meets that guy. I don't know if oh, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not because more. There, is this it, is the one that guy. Caricature, whereas I'm not like that. I care, but that's just what it is. Like I don't. Is that that's How the one that got taken you, off air? <laughs> is that the one that got taken off air? No, I don't think so. Or it was, and it got put back There's on. There's one something. that they got a rabbi to watch an it. Abortion? Oh, maybe. Well, even like way back when. Yeah. Because the episode, it's like very. The humor isn't is like Peter's dumb. Like he tackles this guy and he thinks he's gonna help him with money because he's Jewish. But like Peter thinks that this is a normal person who thinks Peter's uh-huh. weird and stupid. And he says like, "Oh well, thanks for helping me with my tire." And Peter says, "Thank you for space balls." And then he tries to get Chris Bar Mitzvahed, and like the jokes are all like, "Oh, look, all these people who are Jewish, like half of Lenny Kravitz, Optimus Prime is Jewish," and he like comes in like a tallest, like, and like all the jokes are like, feel well spirited, and then like again, like I don't care, I'm not like, oh, people shouldn't make jokes, people make jokes whatever they want, but like now all the jokes it'll be like, oh, Mort, uh his fucking has a tiny dick and he's cheap and everyone hates him because he's Jewish and that fucking shit. And like, and they had one where like one of the cutaway jokes, was like, Oh, look at all these rabbis who are like, Oh, there's a sale. And they all like run to him beach. It's like, you've like regressed. Like you had jokes. You were doing jokes in a way that I think was funny. And that was, and I think they've done the same with other with, a, again, there were always racist jokes, but it yeah. was better about like, Oh, Peter's stupid, and these people are normal. And now it's like, right. no, these people are all racist stereotypes. Yeah. See, I haven't, I haven't really watched Family Guy in a really long time. But um, from what I remember it, and this is, I guess, a difference between the style of comedy we were talking about earlier, and um, you know, it's if just Dennis like, Miller had an animated Fox sitcom, you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they must have done like Miller's House. <laughs> well, they tried to put him on Monday Night Football. Yeah. They only and... have Bud Light at Miller's House. It's <laughs> wacky. <laughs> these are some. These are some quotes actually in 2000. Uh, that Dennis they made Dennis Miller a commentator, color commentator on Monday Night Football. Not sh- somebody definitely got fired after that. Yeah, Dennis Miller. Um, <laughs> he did. Bazoo. He took some people with him. Uh, this is a quote from the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. If there's anybody in the stadium more pumped up than me, they wouldn't pass the league standardized drug test. Ooh, edgy material, Dennis. <laughs> At least it's worth all the laughs. <laughs> and you get the feeling somewhere along the line, Liberace's parents refused to buy him a class ring. <laughs> he probably got... There's probably more money in football commentating than anywhere else in entertainment. <laughs> yeah, and it, he must. Yeah, he made a probably in that couple months span made enough to live off of the rest of his life. But he, uh, this is actually this is kind of funny. He was there was like a Patriots and Jets are playing. The owner of the Jets is named Woody Johnson. The center on the Patriots, Damian Woody. As is often the case in life, I think it's probably going to come down to who has the better Woody. Oh, he says that on air. We were looking for these quotes on YouTube, and all they the, don't. Yeah, you can't. They don't air. They, yeah, the fucking fascists. ABC has ABC prevented football co. They hate these great one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he riffed these, or do you think he wrote them down before? I was like, yes, finally, I could segue into my Woody material. <laughs> yeah, he I definitely. He yeah, <laughs> that would. I'm sure that's. Well, I think he. I think he uh, had them prepared. And that's probably why it was so weird to watch because, like, you're trying to, like, broadcast a football game and somebody's doing stand-up. 
Yeah, the, yeah. He's like a prepared material. Guy. Yeah, There's absolutely. This guy was like, hey, was that off the cuff? <laughs> <laughs> he's like reciting uh, a poem he wrote for you uh, with uh, the correct format for technically you should laugh at the end. I'm actually, I want to see what um, they would do on Family Guy if they did like, because you know, half the show, I feel like. The show could just be like that. Hello, we're swimming at time. You know, like yeah, go they, like a clip show. Yeah, oh. just flashbacks. That's all they need yeah. to do. And if they, what would they do with Hello, we're swimming at time? Dennis Miller hosted Monday Night Football. Well, they did. They had a. I remember they once did a Dennis Miller joke on Family Guy. That's a wow. Which uh, also, as I said, uh, they they made the joke about Peter. They didn't hurt Dennis Miller's feelings. <laughs> uh, I think it's that Peter is watching. Den- I, I used to, uh, don't say, but Peter, I think, is watching Dennis Miller, and Dennis Miller goes like, no, I don't want to go off on a rant here, but the Ayatollah makes, you know, the Golden Girls look like if uh, the <laughs> look like if uh, Mork and Mindy decided to get gay married on the Titanic while Hindenburg was blowing into it or whatever. And then it cuts back to Peter, and he just goes, what the hell is a rant? <laughs> <laughs> Which is like a, like... That's good. I haven't watched... Family Guy in a long time, but I, I, they use. I feel like they used to try, and they used to be better. And then, like, man, I look back once again talking about like the way they used to do stuff. There was an episode that I was like, ooh, ooh, this is real bad because it was uh, it's Peter makes a Muslim friend, mm-hmm. and that's a strong start. Let's see where <laughs> it goes from there. That's, I'm sure as soon as that came up in the writers' room, someone said, "Greenlit, write it, Boom. go." Did we they? Yeah, <laughs> were they uh, on an airplane together? Oh, no, well, oh, it's 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 worse than you'll think it's gonna be because oh. he he makes a Muslim friend. You might want to turn around for this one and make sure you're facing Mecca. Continue. Okay. Uh, the the no. I wish we had more microphones so badly. <laughs> so he go. So he makes a Muslim friend, and all like his his friends were acting suspiciously. And all the friends are like, and there's like some, there's some jokes that are kind of at Peter's expense. Like, wow, you guys just smoke hookah and eat meat. This is so great or whatever. That's the worst Peter impression I know. <laughs> but, but like, and then there's ones that are just like, just straight up. Like we also subjugate our women. We're great. It's like, ugh, okay. Uh, and his friends are like, oh, he's acting suspicious. I think this might be a terror plot that they're trying to get you roped into. And my thought was, oh. It's going to the the you know as any non psychotic person would write this episode of television. Peter is going to think this random Muslim person in Kohog is planning a terror attack, but he's not, and it's a big misunderstanding or something. But in fact, he is, and they blow up a bridge, and then they arrest him, and then like the way that they try and make it like, oh, but don't worry, we're still progressive. We're Hollywood liberals. Don't worry. Is there like Joe or whoever is like, good. Now we're going to crack down on innocent Muslims to help this too. And it's like, you guys can't be like, oh, these guys are so stupid. They think all Muslims are terrorists. When you just like wrote the episode that was like, oh, Peter meets a Muslim terrorist. Well, Andrew, what you don't realize is the Muslims, although they may be um, maybe misinformed and acting in a way that's bad, uh, are actually very intelligent because the bridge is the choke point of society. Yeah, that's that, so they're very uh, on point there. Yeah, you really cripple Kohog, and then the American Empire falls. I, yeah. I haven't talked in about five minutes, but I'd like to take this time to say, uh, 
radical Islam. All right, continue. You guys can. Yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's oh, true. wait, I did want to ask you, and I was uh, leading into this. We've all done great Peter Griffin's impressions, and uh, <laughs> oh. you are known for your impressions, yeah. 32. Do you got one up your sleeve right now? Which one, Peter? Yeah, uh, Peter, any of the families welcome in, in the <laughs> studio. <laughs> any of the families, <laughs> guy. Yeah, give me one. I, I can do all of them. Whatever. All right, uh, do uh, Maggie Simpson. Oh. Ma- Maggie, why would we do Maggie sit? Oh, I see. It's a joke. Anders, you were making a joke. No, this is a very serious time. Uh, do uh, do Stewie. I do a great. Oh, Stewie. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. What's great? What's the great one? Well, I do a great uh, uh, Christopher Walken as well. Let's hear Stewie, Christopher Walken. Do Christopher Walken. What about Christopher Walken in the movie Pulp Fiction? Sure, that works. Yeah, yeah. That is the one I cannot allow on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this watch. <laughs> in my ass. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, for a second, I was like, "When? Do, when does it uh, kick into? You know, he's he's uh, yeah. getting it out of his ass." But you know, walking <laughs> too ham-fisted. I only can do an impression of the deleted scene where he's removing it from his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. Uh. A lot of that is the face on that. Uh, okay. Well, uh, logically, I feel like we've reached the uh, the important live viewing portion of the show. I w- let's watch some of this Steve Miller 2003. <laughs> you did it again! Steve Miller. Steve, let's watch it. No, Steve Close Dennis's. Steve Miller's 2003 special. <laughs> also doesn't move the mic stand. Steve Miller also does not move the mic stand. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's like an eagle. What can we do to placate the Palestinians? How can we ameliorate the situation over there? Is there a historical precedent for a group of people who feel they've been jobbed of their land by a Johnny-come-lately? I, in the strictest Swiftian sense of the word, have a modest proposal. I'm not saying it'll work, but nothing else seems to have worked. I say that we give the Palestinians the casinos. Because, uh... Seems to have pulled the Indians out. You know, they're already pre-named the Sands, the Dunes, the Desert Inn. Who else we got over there? Afghanistan remains the demented moonscape it's always been. Topographically speaking, it makes your cat's litter box look like Monet's garden at Giverney. I think these people hate us because of our architecture. Every time I see Afghanistan on TV, there are like four walls left in the country. All of them have bad, despot du jour, dirt diggler portraits on them. (laughs) Conversely, they see our walls. Every wall we have has an ATM machine in it. Our walls literally shit money. (laughs) Which brings us to Iraq. Now, say this about Iraq. They're old school insane. <laughs> they, they have decided to steer into the crazy skid. And that's why they're the Vegas odds on favorite. The next be shit hammered. I view Iraq as East Korea, because uh, I think this war is to get the attention of North Korea. I think this is solely for the edification of. Kim Jong-il and his Kim Jong-ilk. It's sort of like a shoot-your-cuffs war. I think that sand and heat make glass, and when we're done with Iraq, it should look like Superman's dad's apartment on Krypton. (laughs) 
take a look over at North Korea and go, hey man, you really want a piece of this motherfucker? <laughs> Ooh. So we switched at the end there from the joke format to just the taunting America's enemies format, which is also very strong for stand-up comedy, as, as promoted by Bill Hicks originally. Well, the, yeah, man, see, the, the th stuff about Palestine, I think, is interesting because he, he never suggests that they're wrong to think um, that they have been... Um, Displaced. Yeah. Yeah. He never challenges that. And this is, I think, it's how... This really aligns with what intellectuals were saying at the time. This is not Larry the Cable Guy. This is not Jeff Foxworthy. This is not a sort of uh, appeal to, you know, little little Joe in uh, in Alabama. You don't think um, little Joe in Alabama appreciates a good Swiftian analysis every now and then? A good sub-reference? A good sub-reference? Sub sub-ref. Yeah, well, not unless it's the... I mean, not. they don't really talk about politics, do they? The blue-collar company guys? This aligns perfectly with what the what the intellectuals were saying at the time. This wasn't the reasons that you got pop, the, you know, the Bush administration got like popular support for it by you know the really simple propaganda. He's saying the U.S. is right because we're the U.S. You know, the moral just like get that out of it. You know, we are a strong country, and we need to be. And if we're serious about remaining a strong country we can't get caught up in right and wrong and our shit like walls that. shit money <laughs> but i but i think the interesting thing about that is and uh you know this is uh what, what like two weeks out from there was the un vote that mm -hmm. america abstained from and in a way i think the overton window is kind of shifted on that in that so his view that they do have, you know, legitimate grievances and legitimate complaints, I think, you know, I mean, Bush was at some point canceled some loan guarantees over the territories and was, I mean, arguably, arguably at least as concerned with Palestinian concerns as Obama has been maybe even you know there's you could it depends how you rank different things yeah. but it's gone to the point where I don't know what Dennis Miller would say now but like the current I mean you look at like the current ambassador that was just chosen to Israel and he's like well they need to annex the West Bank move the capital to Jerusalem any Jews who disagree are capos and uh, honestly maybe we should do a holocaust for the Jews who aren't pro-Israel enough if I'm that's probably the the least anti-semitic thing to do like what? the it's gone nuts like I, I've argued to on Facebook I try not because my dad and I are really good about we're uh -huh. able to discuss stuff and we have a very civil relationship I just don't talk to him about anything to do with israel and like i don't know i see dennis miller being like you know and hey maybe we could just give the palestinians casinos which acknowledges that they didn't just all decide to leave which is something some people try and perpetuate which most people in israel would probably admit isn't true uh but he you know he's saying like yes it's a legitimate grievance at least as legitimate as like the native americans is um but he's not doing it in like a good way he's doing it like the shittiest way possible it's a it's wink wink nudge nudge we don't really give a fuck about brown people yeah yeah no i agree but i'm saying but things have become even worse since yeah. then is my oh, point yeah, yeah. on the view i'm not saying that's a progressive look at it i'm saying that is more progressive 
than the Republican Party stance on it right now, mm-hmm. which is or more, you know, and then but then you come into like him just saying, like, and we're going to turn Iraq to glass. It's like, OK, um, <laughs> because that, right. That's why, like, the, the beginning of this was weird where we were watching the two and kind of comparing them because I don't want, I don't like Dennis Miller. I just thought he had a better set. So I end up in this weird situation where I'm just like, he's, he's got a lot of good good assets to him, you know, you're not really considering. But Well, well that brings up the question of if Bill Hicks had not gotten the cancer, what would he be saying back then? What would he be saying today? What do you think, Unit 32? <laughs> Tell us in Louis C.K.'s voice what you'd be saying. Tell us, yeah, in Louis C.K. impression. Okay. Uh, not a huge fan. Like, if you have cancer, I think you're a fucker, faggot, nigger cunt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean, that's why he's a Kasich man through and through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did. That was weird. <laughs> who, who endorsed Kasich? Oh. It's Louis. Louis C. Oh, oh, God. It was like... It's the How did you miss this? I just saw it was an anti-Trump rant and was just like, I don't need to watch It's the most to. sort of like, you know, obviously I have in the pants, but like, if it weren't for the instability and the irrationality, arguably Trump would have been the best option for anyone, you know, left of center to the, to he, further yeah, left he is more progressive than most republicans by on, default on yeah by <laughs> on default reproductive like, terrible he's awful and i don't believe for a second that we should you know assume he's gonna not uh go after abortion but i think he will yeah i absolutely. think just because that's he'll i think he will but yeah but I to say know, that Kasich yeah. would have been a like in any way a better you know that we should have Put at, that's why I don't understand these people who are like I didn't I w- didn't vote in the Democratic Party at all in primary at all I voted uh, in the Republicans to keep Trump from being the nominee. It's like what the fuck? No, what are you doing? The, that's so many people we know too. Yeah, it's devastating. <laughs> young, like young people who are like semi interested in politics who are just like I gotta throw gotta out stop. against Trump. Right. Wait, in, did they do that in New York where you had to re- so they were already registered as Republicans so they might as well. No, no, no. They were not. They had to register as yeah, as Republicans. People did it in other states too. They did it all over the place. No, I saw in like Ohio. People said that might have been one of the things that helped Kasich win Ohio. Is that there were a bunch of? I mean, it's a state, but Rubio lost. Anybody? Well, that's yeah. That's one of the strategies. Was if you support anybody who's not Trump, let's pull our votes together in Ohio. Let's vote for Kasich, and I think Florida. Let's vote for Rubio, and didn't work. Well, Kasich and Ted Cruz had like one day where they were like. We're, we're in this together to stop Trump. And yeah. like, no, nah, all right. I got like six older people in Massachusetts to flip their votes for Bernie because they have an open primary where you can just vote for either one. And each one of them was going to, on some James Bond shit, just vote for a different Republican to stop Trump. Oh, my God. Because that's all they, that's all they care. They didn't have like uh, an ideal like thing they wanted. They were just like, I, he has, is loud and has casinos. And then that was it. That was, that's like where the interest stops. I mean, the weird thing is, like, the scariest thing, the reason why I think I would still, at the end of the day, be like, probably welcome impeachment is because we're getting the Pence agenda anyway, but with, like, the Trump instability, yeah. which is. He wears the Pence in that relationship. <laughs> oh. Uh, whereas, like, you know, the. Uh, one thing that's almost weirdly comforting somehow is that I don't know that Trump 
is the potential president most likely to like lead to nuclear war? Like, imagine if Clinton had won and then Tom Cotton wins in 2020 or something. That could be worse. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Might as well imagine that would have been worse now that we're here. Interesting side fact. Tom Cotton sounds like the name of an anthropomorphic bunny. An anthropomorphic bunny who wants to destroy the UN and send angry letters to Iran. He's got his little, little back legs thumping. I, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with that. <laughs> anyway, comedy. <laughs> well, the, do you think that, uh, I mean, on second thought, maybe if Kasich was the nominee that Clinton would have won? Because there would have been so the I, turnout would have been so depressed on both I sides. I actually, I mean, everything I thought. So this is uh, is confession here. I kept uh, kind of neutral during the primaries because I and I think I have been completely proven wrong. Yes. Was yeah no <laughs> was no 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 was unsure. I still have concerns. I mean, I don't think I say Matt. I still have concerns, but. Uh, had it gone differently like had clinton it's it's funny like you can look how the votes turned out had clinton like won virginia north carolina and florida and then you know it would have been like oh great this all worked out like that theory of the case said it would and Mm -hmm. this is who would have won and made and who knows what would happen but given that like she lost those states so, okay, so swing another 60,000 votes away from Sanders in each of those states. Doesn't matter. She lost them. I mean, she lost North Carolina and Florida. Swing those away. Right. And now swing, like, 10,000 votes where he would have outperformed her. It, the way it shaped out, that it's hard to argue. I, you know. What are you, do you talking think, about? <laughs> do you think he would have lost Michigan and Wisconsin? Because that— they I haven't think he been gone have red. Had, no, since... I think he would have had a better shot in there. He would yeah. have campaigned harder for them also. I right. mean, it's it's if but the weird thing is, everyone was like, "Oh, if she's up against like a Jeb or a Rubio or a Kasich, that's where she's going to lose. She'll definitely be Trump." But in retrospect, like they all ran weird primary campaigns. They probably would have ran weird general campaigns. Uh-huh. They probably would have ran similarly like bizarre campaigns like the one she did, except maybe she wouldn't have taken a month off or she wouldn't have whatever she wouldn't have felt as confident in it i mean bush versus clinton it's like do you even have i don't know does anyone like vote or is it just like and if it's bush versus clinton you can actually uh leave several simulators open and they will finish the election for you and everybody else can just uh enjoy new pokemons that are out <laughs> yeah no one actually bothers to go and the new Pokemons allow you to digivolve, which is a great step forward, and that's the difference between the 92 election and the 2016 election, mostly. I'll cap off my thoughts and my mea culpa. What's our rant? <laughs> no, I'll cap off my thoughts, because I don't, because I, you know. But I, I, I think that uh, I thought the way that things were going to work out was it was going to be like Clinton wins in 2016, That's and that's where, like, or Clintonism and this direction of the Democratic Party was going to end and that was going to be kind of the end of it. But uh, I think now, like, it ended and anyone who, you know, it comes down to the whole thing with, like, Ellison and Perez now where it's like Perez would be fine except that it's like, we well, just because you don't yeah. want Ellison. Like, I don't know. It feels like, all right, so 
like oh Alan Dershowitz will leave the party if Ellison becomes chair. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> that was that is the best news yeah. of this past month that he, Alan Dershowitz might leave the Democratic When I was back party. home, my dad was like, even Alan Dershowitz says that Trump was right over Obama on this one for Israel. I was like, what do you mean even Alan Dershowitz? He's like, Dershowitz is a Democrat. I was like, I literally did not know that. He's a <laughs> lunatic. Is, yeah. Yeah, he's a, that's his party is just, you know, I mean, he, I think he was a pretty progressive lawyer back in like the 70s or something for like civil rights and stuff. But it's he's like a parody of himself at this point. Like, See, actually, I don't even know who Alan Dershowitz is. Do you have an impression of some kind yeah. you could do of him? Uh, I, I, I would be... Um, this show would be attacked by maybe this would be good, but we would be attacked by the Anti Defamation League if I were to do my own. Should I do it? Please. If we do an Alan Dershowitz, we will still get people saying you're a self hating Jew for. If we do an Alan Dershowitz impression, Alan Dershowitz will leave this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) He will unsubscribe. Uh, He will stop retweeting us. You can't let Bernie Sanders become the head of the. This is just my generic being even (laughs) Jewier than I am. (laughs) (laughs) You can't let like that. This is actually the impression of my. I went to private Shiva High School, and this is the impression uh, I would do of our principal. So this is actually, and it was pretty good, but you wouldn't. We did a you do a perm video every year, and so I played the principal. But yeah, what is this? Keith Ellison? Keith, Keith Ellison uh, supports the Muslim Brotherhood. He's uh, as far as I know. I mean, look, it's, I uh, he he certainly wouldn't denounce or you know if he didn't denounce them hard enough. He didn't also you know he's I mean look at him. It's clear, right? I mean, look at the guy. <laughs> Have you watched uh, his debate on Democracy Now with uh, Norman Finkelstein? No. It was one of the funniest things. Like, it's it's kind of frustrating to watch because it's really funny. And I again, not going to impersonate either of them. I'll, I'll do I'll both of them. I'm Norman, and I'm Alan, and we're going <laughs> to argue about Israel. Yeah. But Norman Finkelstein. I don't know about that, but we'll see. I can't do it either, though. <laughs> no. But he. Uh, the lawsuits are too. You can say like the Polish. There's some, you know. I, I'm Anders <laughs> Lee. There's no way yeah, I can get. Yeah. I'm blonde haired, blue eyes. You're a Viking but, imperialist. Yeah, yeah. But they <laughs> they go new... on Democracy Now. Wait, and... I actually know this great impressions comedian who could probably do Alan Dershowitz yeah. versus Finkelstein. Yeah. Alan Dershowitz, I control the media. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I mean, that's Finkelstein if you've ever heard. Of <laughs> so what's the with the debate? Well, the, this is a lot like the uh, the Miller Hicks dialectic, but uh, not at all. I but <laughs> you know, this is a lot like the the Finkelstein Dershowitz debate. If both of them were hopped up on cocaine and thought that they wanted to drive to Iraq to help see Sandra Bernhardt watch the last episode of Mad before a comet <laughs> fell and turned us all into those little smurfs from that show. <laughs> Norman Finkelstein is actually a big Whitney Houston fan that I, I found that out. But he, um, he, yeah, seriously, he, she's probably wound up in one of Miller's. It, yeah, any pop culture reference from 1950 and they end promptly at like 1991. And like anything no one is safe from these sub references. <laughs> yeah. They could, they, they could be that happening era, at any time. It's, yeah, it's anything that happened in news or hey, history. What am I, uh, Bruce Banner's assistant scientist, <laughs> Sheila Namoro? <laughs> <laughs> It's like if the captain from Jaws decided instead of a boat, he wanted to get the airplane that Harrison Ford had to gain back from the terrorists. Except both of them decided that they were going to marry Boy George. 
All right, I'll stop. I'm drinking Tang Tang with the Munsters <laughs> on a trip to Sputnik Seven. <laughs> uh, the Shavaran is in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he, um, they go on Democracy Now, and uh, Finkelstein has all this stuff prepared about. Um, Alan Dershowitz came out with this book called In Defense of Israel. I think I had to read that in high school. I, yes, that's. I, yeah. You, you wait. Can you explain? Because that's that's Anders, something that this is disseminated. Is favorite book. <laughs> it, it is. It's filled with, um, you know. In defense of Israel, it's like if Netanyahu decided to rewrite the Dead Sea Scrolls using his own fever dreams from taking LSD after watching Exodus, except Leon Uris was <laughs> one of those fly people that Jeff Goldblum turned into. <laughs> now, now, I don't mean to make a sub reference here, but. <laughs> Here's your sub reference. <laughs> the the best part of this whole style is he treats it like there's someone in the audience like he better not sub reference. <laughs> oh, I didn't bring my thesaurus for this. <laughs> uh, sorry. So he has all these uh, the case for Israel. Uh, well, you can explain it better than me, but it's uh, it just was disseminated among the. Um, Zionist, uh, you know, people, the right? The chosen people. The chosen people. Yeah, not. But there are a lot of Jews who are very not it's happy funny, with it's it. It's funny figuring out which, like the the the. <laughs> no, the thing like, <laughs> like 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 you have like among Zionists. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I know. I keep going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, the, there are. Yeah, there are people. I mean. Most, how was it? How was it passed to you? Who? Who? How did you so, get it? What did they say when they gave it to you? I went. I our school had the David Project, which is in theory uh, a program designed to prepare Jewish, presumably Jewish. I don't know. Maybe they did it at other schools too. Just David or Jews plus Davids. Jews Anyone plus Davids. David? Anyone named David? Just. Uh, Sister Mary needs to speak with you, David. <laughs> David, it's like Harry Potter. David, you're a David. At the age of 13, you need to read the David Project to learn. Um, no, so uh, they, so the David Project, which is hypothetically to prepare Jews for defending Israel on campus. Uh, on camp, for a second there, I thought you were going to say defending Israel in Israel, like with guns. <laughs> no, these are the real heroes. Okay. <laughs> the people who uh, get into <laughs> stupid debates on campus. Um, so it's, I mean, the, the problem is it doesn't do that in the sense of it doesn't, it, you learn a lot of not true things. And the thing is there's still, I mean, look, there's, I have family in Israel. I, you know, sure. Do you uh, have any, like, good examples of, like, one not true thing they tell yeah. you in that book? Uh, I don't know if this was in the book or something we learned outside the book. Is it Christians but have horns? It's, it's is it a twist on a classic? No, because <laughs> modern right-wing Zionism is very simpatico with far-right Christian. Uh, all the Jews have to be in one place to be this hit by the rap. meteor. And uh, <laughs> this is a great place. And everyone's like... You know, dude, oh, cool, this work, whatever. Uh, so, uh, like some dumb Guardians of the Galaxy was like, oh, we have to work together, whatever. But, uh, so, I mean, the one thing that I think most Israelis would acknowledge is not true is that no Palestinians were forced out of their homes during the war for independence. Oh, that was nice of them. Yeah, they uh, they left. 
um, with the assumption that seems like it's just not true. It's not (laughs) um, with the assumption that they would come back after Israel lost the war. Uh, I mean, I guess some of them might have just left because there was a war (laughs) going on. One guy who left and were just like, yeah, he's just one drop in the pond. I mean, like (laughs) there was, you know, there was a war. I can imagine some people, you know, probably went to places that were safer at the time, but people were also forced out of their homes. That's a thing that happened and happens and still happens. And, uh, you can, you know, you can have different, uh, ideas about how to deal with that and how to make them. Yeah. Give them a casino, (laughs) call it the sands or the dunes. It's already perfect. Uh, but yeah, the problem is that people don't acknowledge, uh, facts about certain things and that there's things that you just have to, so you have to be like, hey, you can't keep building settlements if this isn't your land. And if it is your land, the people there should vote. And Did you feel it. like at your high school people were reading this and were like, finally, sources for all the things I want to say to these campus warriors? I mean, it's there's just this very black and white Dennis Miller's 1990 special mm-hmm. outlook. Which, as if you listen to the beginning of the podcast, I clearly loved. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just there's things that you should be able to, like... All right, we should all theoretically, like, whatever we're going to move on from, we should all theoretically be able to agree, like, hey, you should stop building these settlements. Everyone should stop killing or targeting any innocent people. Yes, terrorism's bad. Most people won't say, like, no, terrorism's good. Most people think terrorism's bad. And most people, most people should also be able to say, not to equate them, yes, these settlements shouldn't keep being built. Uh, and of course, even if, and I think, I don't know, you see, there's a lot of like, whenever the settlements come, cause that's the whole thing was, there's just like a lot of deflection of like, oh, this, well, what about terrorism? Yes, terrorism's bad, but you can't say, you can't just use that to say, well then, okay, and what about the King David bombing? So Israel should have never been a state because the King David hotel was bombed. So they did terrorism to help get the state and terrorism means you've given up all claim Anyone, and not because everyone's not doing, but so you but get what I'm you're, saying. You're, I, mean, too, like, I hope uh, my dad doesn't listen to this. Your dad is not listening to our communist podcast, <laughs> Andrew. I don't know why you're worried about no, that. <laughs> um, uh, but the, the people you went to school with mostly, like, were you won over by this at the time? Was, was this, like, a convincing thing for you? I mean, I've, I feel like I've always been more moderate. Compa- not, I'm not, I consider myself left leaning but i mean more moderate you've been recently radicalized i've been recently uh, radicalized but yeah i kind of have i mean sort of in the sense of just over the course of the election i think i've definitely i always was i always was wanted more left politics but didn't think that they would be successful and that sort of feels like well we game this out and uh it turns out the thing that wasn't successful was the thing that was supposed to be the safe option. Not so having that politics. wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, I, I do I do want to reach out to our other guests. Uh, yeah. Thirty two. Yes. How did you feel reading Defense of Israel? <laughs> I thought it was it was it was good. The sequel's better. Um, Defense of Israel and the Goblet of Fire. <laughs> right. Defense of Israel Part Two. Harry Potter and the Controls of the Media. I think it's a better. <laughs> I've never read it actually. Wow. Well, let me ask you this: as yeah. a um, 
a ceramics uh, bot. Um, is there anything you grew up with, like you're taught to to read, and, and does, was descended? He's not you a bot. He's from Nigeria. They, uh, if you've been to Nigeria, they colloquially refer to each other as bots. Oh, so, okay. Uh, I guess fuck me then, huh? There's <laughs> also a large bot building factory there. There you go. That's their yeah. Um, they love them. Bop it. Bot it. Uh, <laughs> what? The, so, Bot was it. there anything you grew up with that stand up kind of like, Paul you know, Graceland? <laughs> <laughs> that the, you were uh, stand. The, someone you saw said about that, and it burst your little bubble. About uh, what, was, sorry, what was the question? Yeah. About Graceland or any sort oh, of uh, thing yeah. you were taught to believe as a young person? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so stand up confirmed all of your uh, biases yeah, that you were right the whole time. We're all right. Cool. That also too will help you be a truth teller if you're like I've never been wrong before. Yes. <laughs> right. I just want to get on stage. I like to say this little thing. I have to go uh, get on stage and I go uh, opinions check, microphones check, filter. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he doesn't have a filter. I've seen him do it. It's it's insane, man. It's like uh, eyes opening. Stream Third of consciousness. Don't drink the water in my house. <laughs> I'll say, like, I think that the... Sorry, just to get back to this before we jump off. But, like, the one thing that's definitely, like, a bummer to me is, like, just the the total unwillingness to acknowledge that there are even... Let's even just Jews that have a more... not Not among... I think people at large recognize that. But that... Like it's it's sure just become this almost like if you're does that have a more what? No, they they have a more uh balanced take on Israel than like hardly could. That like the people who are like like I said, Trump's ambassador was said that uh J Street, which is liberal a liberal Zionist Jewish organization, mm-hmm. um was like said they were worse than the Capos. Which is insane. And you can't pretend that you're coming from a rational place if you're going to say something like that about other Jews. Are, did- oh, the Capos were Jews who helped the Nazis. I mean, not like they were like, not like, oh man, good. Like as soon as they saw like the Nazis come out, they were like, I have been waiting for this. Like, they tried to worm their way well, into yeah. being safe. Yeah, and like that's one thing that people say because like George Soros, I think when he was like Every- 16, like helped somewhat or was forced to help or whatever this is all, there might as well be george soros no <laughs> like because that's because it's look yeah because when you you're saying capos the only <laughs> specific reason i know the word capo is it's the italian word for like the dawn there's like they yeah. might as well okay. be the so, dawn okay like, <gasps> so yeah so capos were collaborators no one crosses the dawn forced or whatever but jews who were forced or otherwise uh helped the nazis um unlike uh you know like in the camps and whatever um so like i don't know that's like a nuts thing to say and it's just it's this weird thing where like it's gotten to like the point where for a lot of people like criticizing netanyahu is like tantamount to being anti-israel it's like well then everyone's gonna be anti-israel because that's how you're defining it like right well and some of it so much of it uh i think has to do with it and i'm not a historian i'm not a historian folks look i'm not a historian (laughs) but uh but i like the historical perspective though if you have the one that dershowitz puts forward which is totally plagiarized and that was what the debate was about yeah and you and you have all these like how the the state of israel came to be and, and stuff like that then that is a rational viewpoint it's to it's to the 
um, the heights, the stakes are as high as uh, the Nazis in the 40s, you know? And, and so, like, if that's your the premise you're working off, like, there's no way to really reason with you if you're going to, like, take history and totally, you yeah. know, bastardize well, it. Well, I mean, there's, like, it's interesting. Because I just wish that people, it's not even, like, like, there are certain things that are sort of used as, like, trump cards that, like, one of the big pun ones intended. is sort of, like, uh, pun very much intended, uh, that are sort of, like, one of the big ones that people say is, you know, and, well, Israel already tried to give the Palestinians everything they wanted at Camp David, and they turned it down because they didn't want that, and they just wanted it to keep going. And the problem is is that you – I was curious. I just read – like I skimmed the Wikipedia page because something I'd heard for a while. And I heard some different views on it. And even just reading the Wikipedia page, they have sections on different people's accounts of it. And there are – you know, there was uh, one of the Palestinian negotiators who came and said, well, Arafat should have taken the deal. And there was an Israeli, an Israeli negotiator who said, you know, I wouldn't have taken that deal if I was them. And then there are, you know, more people on their respective sides who see it the other way. But to say, like, look, there are things that are – there are there are things that everyone should be able to agree on, like stop building settlements, no one wants terrorism, you know, recognize – be able to recognize each other as sovereign states – but then there's the things and, – and obviously there are people who would object to those being the obvious things to reason. But I think for the most part, most people would be able to get on board with that. Then there are things that are genuinely difficult to figure out how they should work. I mean you look at something like – Had Darth Vader become a force ghost in the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, like that. That's the one. I think we should probably move on because that was the well, only one. I just want to – I think if Bill Hicks uh, were alive <laughs> – yeah, he would be criticizing the ADL. He would be criticizing APAC. Okay, all this set. okay, okay, APAC. Bank. Or he would have just—he would have just gotten super okay, conservative. Street. He would have gotten super conservative after 9/11, and we just been like, "So this Barack Hussein Obama, okay?" okay. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. It would be. Let sad me break to see. this down for you. Until I see a birth certificate. <laughs> Consider me the man who works at the paper store. He, right, he could be president right now. Yeah, and that's not a, a statement, a uh, praise statement to anybody. It's just you know, he, if he had survived. Um, well, imagine if the, over the next forty-eight years you could be president becomes an insult. Like, man, with the way you're acting, you could be the president. I. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got we got to wrap this up, guys. Is there anything uh, anybody else wants to add quickly? Plugs, 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 plugs. plugs. Uh, Unit thirty two. I know you do a lot of touring. Uh, all over the city, all over uh, anyway, anywhere where truth is happening, you can find me. Uh, no, nothing. <laughs> all right, man. Find him. Find him live. He's a true performer. Our other other friend, uh, Chicago uh, comedian Andrew Taven. Uh, I so I don't know when this one's coming out, but uh, I got. Shows list on andrewtaven.tumblr.com. I got all my shows listed there. Um, doing shows in New York right now, but I'm guessing this is going to be out by the time I'm back in Chicago. We'll get, I think it should be up in the next couple of days, right? All right, so yeah. check that out. You might, uh, you could see me in New Maybe York, tomorrow. and then otherwise, I'm in Chicago most of the time doing shows in uh, February in LA. And then the last thing I'm going to say is Alex and I have a web series coming out on Pit TV soon called Crunch Time Talk Crunch Show. Time Talk Show. So Check out, out for that. Crunch Time Talk Show, Pit TV. We got andrewtaven.tumblr.com. We are Left Jest. You can find us on Twitter. This is Left Jest. You can find us on iTunes as well. Please 
subscribe on iTunes. Le- leave us a review. Um, there's a glitch where you can only leave five-star ones. Just play uh, into it for now, and then just write hateful things. Okay. All right. This is Left Jess. Thank you very much. Ciao. I said I wasn't-